Thanks for joining us today. I'm Rob Parker, lead pastor at The Plant Church. Our vision is to know Christ and make him known. If you are interested in getting connected or if we can help you in any way, email us at info at theplantchurch.org. Hello, Plant family. My name is Omar Niebles, and I am so excited to be with you this morning. Uh, we have just a great opportunity to hear from God today, uh, to see how he would stir uh, within us what he wants to do in and through our lives. Uh, let me start off with this. Let me ask you a question. What does it feel like for you to be finished? And feel free to drop responses into the chat. What does it feel like to accomplish a task, complete a project, cross the finish line. It, it, it brings incredible excitement, right? It brings incredible joy to be done. We know that all of the blood, sweat, tears that have been poured out, all the prayers that have been lifted up have all been worth it. You see, the reality is that you and I, we were made to complete. We were made to finish. How many of you on your Saturday weekends when you have your honey-do list and it's got like 30 items on it. You take that red pen, you take that red marker, and you just start crossing things off systematically, right? And it just brings such an incredible amount of uh, joy and satisfaction uh, to your life. But what about those areas in, in our lives that are unfinished, that are incomplete? What about those areas in our lives where it feels like Though we've started taking steps forward, the finish line actually feels farther away than we first began. You see, it's in moments like this that, that can produce an incredible amount of anxiety in our lives. Even if we are taking those necessary steps forward, it can feel like we lack productivity. What's worse is that there are areas in our lives that are unfinished because they're out of our control. And even me saying something like that, out of our control, uh, in our American culture, it's probably one of the most threatening things to us, to feel and be out of control. I think in a lot of ways, this parallels our, our spiritual journeys in learning, for us learning how to walk uh, with Jesus. You see, we know that God has his standards. We know that God has his requirements. But if we're honest with ourselves, we can see where we fall short of that, where we don't quite measure up, where, where, where that gap sometimes feels like it's widening rather than getting more narrow. And, and it's, it's, it's in those moments where we can wonder, is God going to forgive me this time? God, I, I, I messed up. I failed. That, that temptation that clamors to me, uh, I, I, I gave into it again. Lord, I didn't love my neighbor well this week. Uh, I, I didn't love you well this week. I didn't love you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And again, we can be left not only with anxiety, but also with guilt and shame at, at how we don't quite measure up in our minds. But what if I were to tell you that in this unfinished space, in this unfinished uh, place, is exactly where God was calling you to be? 
Now hold on one sec, okay? Before you go ahead and, and turn off your TV monitor or, or close out Facebook or YouTube, give this a chance uh, to, to simmer. Uh, wrestle with this for a bit. What if it was in these unfinished spaces and places, now hear this, where God did his best finishing work in and through your life? Would you sign up for that? See, friends, today we're talking about uh, global missions. For 40 days, Plant Family, we've been journeying with the rest of our Alliance family in those 40 days of prayer. And this week, we look at global missions. Now, if we're honest, global missions is one of those areas uh, that generally remains like unfinished in our lives. And, and we tend to ignore it, right? When you, even you hearing global missions, you're like, okay, now he's talking about something international. He's talking about something foreign. He's talking about something that really doesn't have to do with me. And so let's leave it in this kind of unfinished space and box and let's put it up on the shelf. And maybe we'll worry about that later, if, if at any point. But what if in our saying yes to Jesus, what that yes actually meant is we have the opportunity to engage with God's global mission. And it's in that space where God is going to do his best finishing work in and through our lives. Would you sign up for it? Plant family, don't miss this. When we engage with God's global mission, we join God in partnering, in completing, in finishing his great, his unfinished work. Once again, when we engage in God's global mission, we join God in finishing, in completing his unfinished work. Let's pray together before we dive into scripture. Father, we thank you for just this opportunity to gather together today. Lord, to worship you, to, to give you our attention, God, to once again realign our hearts and our minds to you and what you're doing. And Lord, I pray that you would speak in, in deep ways, Lord, for us thinking about areas in our lives that are unfinished, that are incomplete. Uh, Lord, we, we, we just don't like to do that, Lord. We don't like to, to think on that. We don't like to wrestle through that. But God, I pray that in these few moments that we have together, may we realize that it could very well be uh, this unfinished uh, place where we see your hand at work most in our lives. I see things in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, you wanna open up to Acts uh, chapter 14. We're gonna pick this up in verse eight, Acts chapter 14, verse eight. Feel free to grab your phone or your, or, or, um, your Bible. Uh, but I wanna give you some context before we dive in. Here we have Paul and Barnabas, the, the church's uh, first missionaries, early missionaries, right? Um, they are now in Lystra. Um, so I imagine this, they're now in, in what's known as modern day Turkey, okay? The reason that they're in Lystra is that they've just come from Iconium. Now in Iconium, Paul and Barnabas, they preach the good news of Jesus Christ and people start to respond. We, we read that both Jews and Greeks, both Jews and Gentiles start to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. It's just not everybody. Some of the Jews that were there, what they do is uh, they get some of the crowd, maybe some of those that were on the fringe, didn't know what to believe, didn't know what to, to, what to make of this message that, that Paul and Barnabas were bringing them. 
they, these Jews get this crowd turned against Paul and Barnabas to such an extent that they are now plotting against their lives. They, they intend to, to, uh, to kill them uh, by stoning them to death. And so Paul and Barnabas catch wind of this and they move on to the next town, which is Lystra. And this is where we pick it up. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking and started walking. Here we have uh, Paul and Barnabas. They're at it again. Just because we've been moved out from our last spot does not mean that we quit, that we give up on God's unfinished work. We've been called to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we will continue in that. Here we have Paul. He's preaching. What exactly? We don't know. Could it have been miracles of God that he has seen uh, through this journey he's been on? Uh, could, it, could it be that he's uh, retelling uh, all the healings and the miracles of Jesus Christ when he was walking the earth? I, I'd almost imagine in this moment that Paul maybe talked about uh, that one part of Jesus's life where four friends brought a paralyzed man in on a mat. And, and Jesus not only forgives this man of his sins, but he also tells him to get up. This man who's paralyzed, get up, roll up your mat, and go for a walk, go for a stroll. Whatever it is, whatever's being told, we know that there is a man here who's been crippled from birth that is listening to what Paul's saying. And in this moment, faith is increasing within him. He is being stirred up that whatever Paul's saying could very well possibly happen to me in this moment. But here's a reality for us and certainly for the people that were present there in that moment. Our reality is that this man's story was finished. It wasn't unfinished. This man's story was finished. You, you, you've never walked. You've never been on your own two feet. You've never gone for an evening stroll. You don't know what it's like to get from point A to point B, no matter how close those two points might be, without the help of someone else. No, sir, your, your lot in life is done. Your, your story is finished. You're not meant to thrive in this world. Survival at best uh, is, is your lot in life. But here we have it, right? Paul, knowing what's happening, knowing that God is on the move, right? In this moment, speaks healing over this man in Jesus' name. That Jesus that hung on the cross, the Jesus who, as he hung on the cross with his dying breath, uttered the words, it is finished, was looking down upon this man and saying, stand up, I'm not done with you yet. Your story is not finished. Your story is complete. And the God of the universe is just getting going. Stand up. You see, friends, when we engage with God's global mission, God invites us 
into the unfinished stories and lives of the individuals, communities, and peoples around us. Paul knew this. This was, this was God's invitation to Paul. Paul, do you see and notice what I'm doing? Do you see that man that everybody else looking upon him would say his story is done? Will you speak over him that the God of the universe is saying, stand up. I'm not done with him yet. When we engage in God's global mission, God invites us into the unfinished stories the unfinished lives of the individuals, communities, and peoples around us. At the start, uh, or, or really or, over these past few months, uh, my wife Carrie and I, we uh, started an online marriage group. And uh, we started this group uh, for, for friends and, and some family uh, members that we've been connecting and engaging with, knowing that people are in just different places uh, in their marriage. Uh, but I got to be honest with you, I, I didn't want to do this. I, I didn't want to start uh, this group, not because I don't love these people. I do, and I, and I love hanging out with them. But the reality is, I don't know about you, but I, I've said this numerous times uh, over the last year uh, or so, that I, I've never been more busy in my life. Have, have you said that? I've never been more busy in my life. And um, so for us, uh, you know, uh, my biggest struggle was where we're going to have the time. Where are we going to have the time to, to do this for, for couples to hop online, people with kids and young kids to find time to, to get to get online together and and uh, to see a healthy marriage emerge from our time that we spend. And, and so we, we, we engage this right. We, we're praying about it. We're processing it through um, we obviously are nervous about time, but we just really get this sense from God saying, I'm asking you to step into these unfinished spaces. I'm asking you to step into these unfinished places in your friends and in your family members, right? We know that since COVID, marriages are under tremendous stress. Marriages are on the brink. Uh, um, we know that people are losing jobs, uh, parents are home, having to figure out technology for themselves with work, but then also having to figure out technology for their children, teaching their kids at home. We're all under a lot more stress. We're all under a lot more pressure to make things happen. And so marriages have struggled in this season. And God was asking us, what I'm asking you, Omar and Carrie, is to step into these unfinished stories. To say yes to me is to say yes to my mission in this world, my global mission, to step into these unfinished spaces in the lives of the people around you. Will you say yes? So we did. We don't know where this is leading. We don't know where this is going. Uh, we don't know what's next for this group because we we actually just finished the curriculum we were working through. But we're praying, God, how do you want us to continue to step into these unfinished spaces? Getting back to our biblical narrative, uh, here we have um, now Paul and Barnabas. Of course, this man's been healed. And you would think in this moment, revival's about to break out, right? Like God has showed up. Something we were not expecting to happen has now happened. And clearly, we're, this only is going to mean that more people will, will come to know Jesus. More people will receive the good news of Jesus Christ. That's actually not what happens. You see, in this moment, what the crowd does is they recognize something great has gone on, but they look at Paul and Barnabas and they say, Hermes, Zeus, 
The Greek gods are among us. Someone get the bulls. We're going to have a sacrificial party. And that's exactly what happens. People start to bring out the bulls. Paul and Barnabas realize that these people are about to sacrifice to them. They're about to worship them as gods. And they do everything in their power to try to stop them, try to help them realize, no, no, this is the reason we came to you. This is the reason we're, we're talking to you about Jesus so that you can get away from these foreign gods. And here's where we pick this up in verse 19. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town, thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Here you have it now. There is chaos that is ensuing. And oh, by the way, these Jews that were plotting against Paul and Barnabas' life from previous stops have now arrived at Lystra. They've got the crowd on their side. And in their minds, their original intent of of stoning Paul, stoning Barnabas, uh, this work was unfinished for them. And they're here to complete the job, to finish the job. And so in their minds, they've succeeded. They stone Paul, they drag him out of town. They think he's dead. But the Jesus that hung on the cross and with his dying breath uttered the words, it is finished in this moment, looks down upon Paul and says, get up, stand up, Paul. I'm not done with you yet. You see, friends, yes, when we engage in God's global mission, God invites us into the unfinished stories of the people around us. But also when we engage with God's global story, when we engage with God's global mission, God invites us, we invite God into the unfinished spaces, the unfinished journeys of our lives as well. This is what happened with Paul. When he said yes to Jesus in Acts chapter 9, if you've never read it, read it. Acts chapter 9, Saul, Paul has his conversion moment, his come to Jesus moment. He said yes to Jesus and he said yes to engaging in God's global mission. In, in this moment, he's also inviting God into his unfinished story. That's what happened in that moment. God, I I, I thought I knew you. Clearly, I haven't had a clue about who you've been. And Paul's been journeying with Jesus this whole time. And here we have it in this moment. It looks like it's done. The believers have gathered around Paul. It's over. It only lasted this one trip. But the God of the universe speaks down over Paul. Get up. Stand up. It doesn't matter what they've tried to do in your life. I'm not done with you yet, Paul. There's more work. There's more that I want to do in and through your life. Stand up. I wonder for how many of you 
watching today, you've been kicked. You've been kicked while you're down. You're having this moment where you're, you're doubting in what God is doing. You, you, you can't see the finish line a- a- anymore. Uh, you, you don't know what the process is. And it would be really easy for you in this moment to just quit, to just give up. But I got good news for you because the God of the universe, that Jesus who in that moment uttered with his dying breath, it is finished, is saying to you, get up. I'm only just getting started. When we engage with God's global mission, we invite God into the unfinished stories and spaces of our lives as well. I've had a lot of job changes. For those of you that know, um, I I was one of the uh, founding pastors here at the Plant Church. Um, uh, There's been a lot of job changes and transitions in my life over the last few years. And now I have really two main roles. One of those jobs is to hop on a plane, though I haven't done that lately, hop on a plane and visit our international workers, visit our missionaries all around the world to, to encourage them, right? As part, if you don't know this, as part of the Alliance family, uh, you are part of a greater family of people uh, that we send overseas. We send them to spaces and places where the gospel still hasn't gone yet. Uh, spaces and places in the world where the gospel uh, still, uh, where people still lack access to the gospel. I'll talk more about that in a little bit. But I, I get to go on a plane. I get to bring other pastors, other leaders with me to be able to encourage our workers overseas. When, when you serve God cross-culturally, yeah, it can get lonely. Uh, yeah, I can feel like you're, you're, you're doing a lot. You're, you're, you're spending time. You're praying. But you're not necessarily seeing uh, the sort of results you expected to have, you know, when you first got there. And so we bring just a tremendous amount of joy with us and encouragement and prayer and support, you know, uh, from the States. The other half of what I do is really getting to work with people that are just getting started in ministry. Uh, People in our colleges or in our seminaries that are, are, are asking, what is it that God wants to do in and through my life? So I get to walk alongside these people and we get to sort through what calling looks like. You know, are, are you going to be a church planter here? Are you going to be a church planter overseas? Uh, are you going to be a, a, a lead pastor, associate pastor, a children's pastor, right? The, the options are endless, really, when, when you look at being a part of the Alliance family. And so I get to, to, to work with people that are just getting started and trying to figure this out. So it's easy for me to wake up every day and just assume that my day and my life is just about everybody else. I mean, never mind the fact that, like, uh, of course, uh, you know, I'm married to Carrie and we have four daughters, right? Like, that by itself is like my life is about everybody else, right? Who's with me on that one? But now my, my roles are really about these two main things. And if I assume that, God, my, what I'm doing here is just for the sake of everybody else, God would, would respond with, Omar, you are dead wrong. You see, when, I, uh, when COVID started, um, I was having a lot of dreams. Um, but there was this one dream in particular that stands out uh, to me. Uh, I am arriving at uh, the school or a school that our church used to, to meet at. So if you don't know this, our church started in a school. And so I, I arrive 
uh, at that school. And um, I see Pastor Jeremy. Pastor Jeremy says, hey man, great to see you. So glad you're here. Did Pastor Rob tell you what you're doing uh, today, whether you're preaching or leading worship? And my response is, I, I don't know. I have no idea what Rob wants me to do. But if I had a choice, I would say, uh, just let me lead worship. That would be a lot easier. I, I can easily play a little ditty, no, no big deal. He's like, all right, I, I'll go find Pastor Rob. I'll ask him and, uh, and I'll get back to you. Great. So then I, I, I walk down the hallway. I walk into the main room and it is jam packed with people, standing room only. It was awesome, so exciting. Pastor Jeremy comes over to me again. He says, hey, I found Pastor Rob. He says, you're preaching today. They're in their last song, so let's get moving. And in that moment in my dream, this is a dream, by the way, in, in that moment in my dream, my heart sinks. I feel ill-equipped and unprepared for this moment. And then I wake up. So I wake up and I immediately realize God, you're trying to say something in this moment. I don't know what it is that you're saying, but I know you're communicating something. So I go out throughout the day, you know, Zoom calls and phone calls and, and trying to pray, you know, in and throughout my day. And finally I say, you know, forget it. I, I just got to go for a walk. I got to go process this with God. I got to figure out what, what he's trying to communicate. So we're walking. And in this moment, now I'm awake, okay? I'm awake now. I'm not dreaming anymore. In this moment, I really just feel like God uh, speaking to me. Hey, Omar, the thing that I've called you to is not going to be easy. This is not, oh, Omar has these new roles and jobs and, and you can just go on in, in with your strengths and your abilities doing things as you normally would do them. No, what I'm asking you, what I'm calling you to is something that's going to require you going up a steep incline. Uh, you're going to be misunderstood. People are going to hear you uh, correctly. Um, you're you're going to engage in ways uh, with people that um, you're not accustomed to doing. Uh, but the reason for that is because I'm trying to finish my unfinished work in you. I'm trying to do what I do best in your life. What do you say? And in that moment, I'm like, God. I, I don't know what you're asking of me exactly. There's no details that I or, you know, have an over uh, deep sense of that you, you've given me all these details. But, but if that's where you're calling me to go and that's what you want me to do, then, then I'm willing to do it no matter what it would cost in that way. You see, when we engage with God's global mission, we invite God into the unfinished stories and places in our lives. What are your unfinished spaces? What are your unfinished stories? What is it that God has been trying to finish and complete in you for some time, but you refuse to go there? You say, God, I don't want to go there. You can't have this space. This is my comfort place. This is where I feel safe. This is where I feel secure. This is where I feel more, most accepted. This is where I feel most significant. And God is saying, I can't finish my work in you unless you invite me into your unfinished space. Paul understood this. Paul didn't lie to these believers. Like, and and imagine, think about this. Paul goes back to all of these spaces where his life was, was, um, was threatened, right? He goes back into each one of these to encourage the believers, but he's telling them, look, I'm not here to sell you anything false. Your life's gonna be easy now. It's not. 
we, right? And he said, we must suffer many things to enter the kingdom of God. There are going to be spaces we just do not want to go there. And we don't want God to go there. But God is saying, if you would just trust me, if you were to just allow me into this unfinished space in your life, I would wow you with what I'm about to do. It would be different than what you think, but I'm about to wow you with what I can do in your life. Let's finish this up here. Verse 26. Finally, they, they meaning Paul and Barnabas, returned by ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. They have now finished. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. And they stayed there with the believers for a long time. You see, friends, when we engage in God's global mission, we join God in finishing the unfinished work of the Great Commission. We join God in finishing the unfinished work of the Great Commission. The Great Commission, what is this? For some of you that are new and maybe not just know, not understand that terminology, the Great Commission is what we as followers of Jesus uh, go back to in uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. This is right before Jesus ascends back into heaven, right before Jesus returns to the Father. And uh, he leaves the disciples with these words, go as you go, as you go throughout your days, as you go throughout your lives, as you go throughout your, your workspaces and your neighborhoods and your communities, make disciples, make disciples of all nations, make disciples of all ethne, make disciples of all people in the world. Now, this is an unfinished work because today, Today, plant family, there are still 4,000 unreached people groups in the world. 4,000. What that means is we're talking about just about 3 billion people. We're talking about about 41% of this world's population that do not have proper access to the gospel. Think about for a moment, wherever it is that you heard the gospel from, if it came down through family line. Imagine, right, and say you're from, if you're from Northern Ireland, if you're from Peru, um, if you're, you know, uh, from, you know, Holland, wherever it is that you're from, right, West Africa, you know, wherever it is that you're from, wherever it is you're tuning in, think back to where the gospel came to you from, okay? Now imagine, say it's your great-grandmother. For me, it was my, my great-grandmother from my family. She's the first one that heard the good news of Jesus and brought it into my, the rest of my family to where I got to experience the good news of Jesus Christ you know, today. But let's remove that person. And wherever my grandma, or, or, or for you, whatever your family member uh, is, remove that person that got it to them. And remove that person that got it to that person that ended up getting it to your family. Go back, think back upon this. Remember, think about, imagine all of those people being removed in that family line or in that chain of people to where you do not have gospel access, to where you do not have the good news of Jesus Christ, where you are not following Jesus today. 
and you don't even have the opportunity to because no one, no one around you even knows about Jesus. This is a reality for almost half the world's population today. This is what we're talking about when we say 4,000 unreached people groups. Did you know this? One more stat to throw your way. 86% of those who are born Muslim, Buddhist, or Hindu do not even know another follower of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. 86% of those who are born, born Hindu, Buddhist, or Muslim do not even know another follower of Jesus. And if they don't know another follower of Jesus Christ, how will they ever have the opportunity to hear this great news that you and I both have heard and you and I have both said yes to and it has changed and transformed our lives when we engage in God's global mission. God invites us to finish the unfinished work of the Great Commission. I want to talk to you about two um, uh, of our Alliance Family International workers. We have two workers specifically working in Central Asia, and um, they are specifically working with two uh, people groups that historically have never had followers of Jesus. So that scenario that I just painted for you, that fake scenario that I painted for you, is a reality for two of these people groups, two of the 4,000, okay? Historically, as far as we know, they have never had followers of Jesus in their line. That is, of course, as of two years ago, because two years ago, the first two said yes to Jesus, and they're multiplying. They just have, they have about 20 people now, just a little bit over 20. Many have been baptized. They've all said yes to Jesus. And you know what their prayer is? This is their prayer. And in the face of persecution, then in the face of being abandoned and disowned from, by family, then in the face of being wrongfully imprisoned and uh, unjust, unjustly held in prison, that God would give us boldness and courage to continue to speak and preach and, and witness to the good news of Jesus Christ. Why would someone do this? Why in the face of so much potential suffering, potential pressure, uh, potential brokenness, right? Potential harm. Would someone do this? Because they've said yes to God's global mission because God has invited them to be a part of finishing his unfinished work of the Great Commission. And Plant Family, we have been a part of that story. This is not a story of something that it, you, have no, uh, you have no tangible relationship with. You do, okay? Uh, people from our community have been to this part of the world. We've encouraged these workers. These workers have, have, have been with us here. Some of you have, have housed them. Some of you have let them into your homes and you've heard the unfinished uh, spaces of their lives, of their marriage. And yet here we are, years later, the work of the gospel is going forward. People that had previously in their family line never had the follower of Jesus Christ are going to be celebrating with us for eternity 
And that's because we have partnered together for this country, for this work, for this team to see the unfinished work of the Great Commission finally be finished, finally be completed. Plant family, when we engage with God's global mission, we join God, we partner with God in finishing and completing his unfinished work. What unfinished work? His unfinished work in others, his unfinished work in me, and his unfinished work of the great commission. Stepping into these unfinished spaces will require a tremendous amount of boldness and courage. Uh, boldness to keep going, that in the face of whatever comes our way, in the face of whatever it is that God is, is pressing in our hearts, we say yes. In whatever manners that God causes, in these spaces that are uncomfortable, in these spaces that feel insecure, in these, in these spaces uh, where we just don't want to go there, it's going to require us going there to be able to do that. But here's the good news, plant family. We have a God that knows how to finish well. We have a God, Jesus, who when he hung on the cross and with his dying breath said, it is finished. In this moment, it was only just getting started. So plant family, in whatever manner you're going to respond as we move on to our final closing worship song. Stand up right where you are. Say, God, I've already said yes to you, but Lord, I don't know where, what unfinished spaces you're calling me to next. I say yes to walking with you into each of those unfinished spaces. Let us stand up together knowing that the God who goes before us is a God who knows how to finish and finish well. And he will not let any unfinished work left in our lives. Let's worship. It was great having you with us today. We do hope that this sermon inspired you to know Christ and make him known. For more sermons and resources, please visit us at theplantchurch.org.